Hello, and welcome to the show that, despite the pleas of our families and friends, simply will not stop talking about D&D. So, ready your spells and weapons, grab the shiniest set of your math rocks, and prepare for critical friendship. So, today we are talking about our favorite spells, and we're going to finish up our series on spells, uh, levels 6 through 9. So, Blake. Huh? <laughs> How do you want to do this? Well, again, uh, these are not in any particular, like, objective, you know, this is the best spell. These are our opinions. This is what we like. Um, and a lot of them are things that we've either seen somebody else, uh, you know, use in a game or something like that. It's it's a lot of the ones in this list are ones that I have never cast because <laughs> we don't often get to play as crazy high level characters. Yeah. Um, yeah, we're usually either in our campaigns at anywhere from 4th to 6th level or 20th level and barely get to do any of the spells. We've done <laughs> one 20th level. And a oh, oh, I'm sorry. It, it was 10th level is our normal one shot. Yeah. And then we did one 20th level. So. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> okay. So my first pick for 6th level, I have, I have two on here. Uh, my first pick for sixth level is contingency. Okay, I did see that on the list, and I was curious about that one. So you you basically it's you're making a, a contingency plan. Okay. So you can pretty much cast a fifth level spell or lower, and then you set like a, a you set a criteria for what makes it go off. Okay. So like, hey, if I drop to zero hit points cast this you know larger healing spell on me Ooh. or hey i've i've been hit with the frightened condition mm -hmm. and i don't want that so cast something like calm emotions or probably um i don't i don't actually think that works on the frightened condition but cast something like uh greater restoration that will get rid of you know an effect like that you mm -hmm. know like oh i've been poisoned and i really can't be poisoned right now but i have contingency so it's going to get rid of that you know yeah um and, so, and and sometimes it could be something like i mean it it just says fifth level or lower right, right? yeah so you could be like I, if i drop to zero hit points i want a fireball cast at fifth level centered on me Ooh. so whatever just hit me i may be dead but like taking them with you. <laughs> but I'm going out as a nuke. Uh, so one thing I, I kind of think we never really established is uh, what classes can actually cast these spells. I don't think we ever said that in our, our previous episodes. I'm sorry, so, what? Oh, what classes can yeah, cast what, it? What classes can cast these? Uh, so for, for this one, it's wizards. Wizard. And okay. the duration of it is 10 days. Oh, wow. So it, it takes you 10 minutes to cast the spell. So it's not something you're going to be using in combat. Right. But if you know you're going to be going into a particularly nasty combat. Is it a concentration <clears throat> or is it just nope. this happens? It is, it is a duration of 10 days, not concentration. Oh, wow. Okay. Now... <clears throat> It says, uh, da, 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 da. the contingent spell takes effect immediately after the circumstances met for the first time, whether or not you want it to, and then the contingency ends. So if you're like, okay, I'm going to have water breathing cast on myself, mm -hmm. and the contingency is, or the circumstances, you know, I get, I get wet, 
mm-hmm. because you're expecting that you might fall off of the the ship that you're traveling on. Right. And then it rains. Well, yeah, <laughs> you're wet. At, at least you get that for 24 hours, though. Mm. So at least it's a. You got it. <laughs> so so whether or not you actually use it that's the problem yeah and then the other thing is the contingency spell takes effect only on you even if it can normally target others you can only use one contingency at a time if you cast the spell again it basically switches. yeah okay so that was my next question you, you can't be like okay when this person hits me and I drop to zero hit points, it's going to be fireball cast on them it's like no it's it's hitting me right now it there's probably DMs that would rule it where it's like, no, it says it can only affect you. It can only target you. Yeah. Okay. That means that you can't use an area of an effect spell like fireball or something like that. Mm. And I would understand that ruling. Um, I think personally at my table, something like that, it's like, okay, it's, if you're down and fireball gets cast on you, you're probably going to, you're probably going to be dead. I would allow something like that. I don't think it breaks the game. I don't think it yeah. ruins anything. It's just like, okay, you're not going to be able to cast something like, you know, Bane on your enemy who just downed you or right. or something like that. Like, if somebody hits me, then Bane gets cast on them. Mm-hmm. You can't do that. So it's only it's only a self. Uh, yeah. Like, the, the target is self. But you could do it with something like haste or enlarge reduce or something like yeah. that where it's like, okay. I dropped to zero hit points. And I enlarge myself. No, I, oh. meant, I meant something like, you know, if, if, <laughs> if combat starts, if somebody makes an attack roll against me, yeah. then haste gets activated. Right. Yeah. Okay. It's an instant yeah. spell that you get to... Without having to use your reaction. The right. conten- contingency just goes off. Yeah. So does that... Uh, it only uses the one spell slot to do contingency, or does it use a second spell slot to do that second effect or that effect so it expends the spell slots for both okay but so it's just a pre yeah uh precast spell yeah so you'd be using a six level spell slot to cast contingency and then fifth or lower to cast whatever other spell it's going to be as basically a reaction yeah well well but but then here's the thing um but but the That is a thing. It, it doesn't. It does not say <clears throat> that when you cast the spell because it lasts for ten days. Right. Right. So it it doesn't show on here that the other spell or either spell slot won't come back. Oh right. So yeah. You cast contingency. It's going to last you for the next ten days. Like you know, you're going to be in combat tomorrow. Mm-hmm. You're going to get a long rest in between. Why not cast contingency? Let that just sit there, take your long rest, get both your spell slots back, and then it's basically a free spell. Yeah. Now, I could see an argument for somebody saying, like, no, I don't really know that we should do it that way, or or maybe <clears throat> maybe because it's technically still in effect, it's almost like a held spell, then the yeah. spell slot doesn't come back. I would, I would understand That's that understandable. argument. That's <clears throat> understandable, yeah. But, but me personally, yeah. and again, a lot of this podcast is just our opinions, yeah. you know, the way we run our games. I'd allow it to come back. Yeah, we're we're pretty much rule of cool. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's it's for the most part. There's it's it's, that... it's fun trumps story trumps rules, right? So right. the most important thing at your table is that people are having fun. Yeah. The second most important thing is that the story is being told. 
the third and least important thing is that you're following the rules. Yeah. You know, because what but is, it's still important. What is what is somebody <laughs> like somebody leaving your D&D table after a session? What do you what would you prefer them to say? Man, I had a lot of fun or wow, we sure did follow those rules. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm sorry, but if 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 we get out of a session much? <laughs> if, Yeah, if somebody comes out of a session and it's like, man, we really did follow those rules, I'd be like so you didn't have fun, did you? <laughs> like, I'm, I'm sorry. And that's not to say that you can't have fun following the rules. Right, yeah. It's just sometimes they get in the way. <laughs> Definitely. And that's why <clears throat> the Dungeon Master's Guide and stuff like that will tell you these are a guideline. Yeah. Like, follow them until they get in the way and then throw out whatever you don't need. Like, yep. you don't have to follow every single rule in <sighs> this book. Take it or leave it. Yeah. This is this is a, supposed to be used as a, a skeletal structure for your game, and if you decide you don't need that bone, <laughs> <laughs> contact your local necromancer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nice, I like it. <laughs> um, my other uh, level six spell, um, because I'm trying to. Trying to keep this whittled down. Uh, my other level six spell is just you, you got to have your big damage spell. Mm. And what what big damage spell is more just frightening, either from a player's standpoint of having it cast on you or from a dungeon master's standpoint of, oh, you solved my puzzle with destruction. <laughs> Disintegrate. Yeah. I mean, that one's on my list as well. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, 10 D6 plus 40. It's just a lot of damage. And yeah. there's there's that joke going around where like you have the door and the dungeon master is describing like all the symbols on the door and the, like the little key slots. And then you have these keys that have these different symbols on it. And there's a riddle on the bottom and the wizard casts disintegrate on the door. Yep. <laughs> and it's like, but but my puzzle. Yeah, I solved it with magic. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> Why though? <laughs> it's, it's gone. <laughs> so it's 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 a great damaging spell. It's a great hey, there's an obstacle in our way that I don't want to be there anymore spell. Yeah. It it's just and and I mean You basically Kool-Aid man it. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh yeah. And the DM shaking his head going, oh no. <laughs> yeah, like it's there's not much in the game that's going to leave you feeling more powerful than just pointing at something and con- like just deleting it from existence. Like, yeah. and be like no, 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 it, it's gone now. But I, I put so much work into that puzzle. Yeah, but it's gone now. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would be remiss to, uh, as a Marvel fan, not to mention the, the fact that it's basically the Mar- Marvel Thanos snap. Yep. Uh, <laughs> if, if your character ever gets hit with disintegrate and you're dying, you you gotta say, "Well, Lander, I don't feel so good. <laughs> I don't want to go. I don't. I don't want to go, <laughs> Mister Stark. <laughs> I don't feel so good." <laughs> Yeah, like if if I ever if I ever lose a character to disintegrate, that will be what he says to somebody else as he dies. Just (laughs) worm, Atreya, I don't feel so good. (laughs) (laughs) You know, that is a another thing that I like about uh, 
about Critical Role's Matt Mercer and how he does how people die. Mm-hmm. Like, like the characters die is like, what do you think in the last moments of, of your, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. And like, I feel like that's something that I, I want to adopt as well as like, like that particular kind of thing. Like, how do you react to dying? Like, yeah. what is your last thoughts? How do you reach out to someone? How do you, you know, things yeah. like that. It's like, yeah, it's it can be pretty powerful. <laughs> yeah, and the sadly the character death that we had at our table, he was alone. Oh no, <laughs> you were there. Oh wait, wait, wait which that was, one? That was David's character. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So so he sacrificed himself so that you guys could all get away from that dragon. Yeah, and it, it and was it was it was our way of writing out his character. It's not like I was being you know a, a brutal DM and just killing somebody because it was. You know, he he was done with the campaign. He was he was like, I like this. It's fun, but it's there's just too much on my schedule. Like yeah. I I got to back out. And we we're like, okay, yeah. And I I even asked him. I was like, do you want your character to retire peacefully, or do you want to go out in a blaze of glory? And he just got this big grin. And he goes, blaze of glory. And I was <laughs> like, okay, cool. And so he literally sacrificed himself to let everybody else run away from an ancient dragon. Mm-hmm. And like, <laughs> I think he, he had, he had <laughs> a, uh, uh, one of the laser weapons yeah. from the id ascendant in, um, in Icewind Dale. And he, he got bitten by this dragon and like picked up and he goes, Hey, I have not fired this thing yet. Can I overload the energy cells and just have them all go off at once? And I was like, you know, that sounds like a good time. Yeah. And he's an elephant too. So yeah, he, and he, he, he was an elephant. Know, yeah. yeah. And and so he he had the the prior knowledge of how these things work. So he was like, yeah, I'm going to tinker with this thing and turn it into a bomb. Yep. And so as he's being eaten by this dragon, he just he tinkers with this thing and everybody's running away and just this light explosion just I was gonna say that's the kind of like that's the the sound that goes through my head is that uh what is it Star Wars uh Rogue One maybe the the explosion of like it's like a it's a nerd explosion it's like you know the big one okay yeah <laughs> but but that that kind of happened as, as as everybody was running away and just. And and friendly was still just convinced that he was still alive. He's like, I didn't, he didn't see it. He's like, I didn't see him die. He's fine. Like there was a there was a bright light behind us, but because it's radiant damage, yeah. you know, so it wasn't a fiery explosion. And uh, we actually we actually had him roll damage. Sadly, it didn't kill the dragon, but it messed him up pretty good. Yeah, it's going to take a while for that thing to. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, so so my other my other six level pick was disintegrate. Um, obviously, there's others on here that I really like, but yeah, for for the sake of time, <laughs> I just chose the two. <laughs> yeah, yeah I'll, I'll I'll cut off a couple of mine as well, just to like disintegrate. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I will say about disintegrate. Um, that is another one that I've seen done at. They're on critical role, but it's just like, wow, that's a lot of damage. Yeah, <laughs> it's the uh, the wizard that casts it a lot, and it's just like that does some that's that's good. <laughs> and and disintegrate is uh, for sorcerers and wizards. 
That is who may take that spell. <laughs> nice. So I actually have a few on my list, but I'm, I'm going to try to cut mine down a bit <laughs> as well. Um, but the, the first one on my list uh, is actually Hero's Feast. Mm. That, I, I like that one a lot. I have that cookbook. Do you really? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I've seen it at your I house. I think we made something for y'all out of it one time. Did you really? Yeah, it was those, like, meat pockets. Oh, okay. All right. It was, like, the little hand pies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They they were kind of falling apart, but they were really good. Mm. Yeah, they were yummy. I like them. <clears throat> I like them a lot. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so Hero's Feast is, is one that I've seen a lot uh, done in both seasons that I've seen of uh, uh, Critical Role, where they are going into a fight and they're like, you know what? Let's do this thing that gives us immunity to poison. Uh, you get advantage on wisdom saving throws uh, for a full 24 hours. And it's like, this thing helps a lot. <laughs> um, let's see if I can find the. I feel like there was there was something else that it did. The feast takes an hour to consume and disappears at the end of the time. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, and you it can be consumed by up to twelve creatures, which is crazy. So like no matter how many people you have in your party, basically, like you're never gonna have twelve people in your party. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> Unless you're some big wig D and D, you know, player, but like <laughs> that can juggle twelve players someday. Nah, that's too big. That's that's way too big. <laughs> oh, it, it gives you uh uh hit. immunity to fear and yeah. So. The creature is cured of all diseases and poison, becomes immune to poison and being frightened, and makes all wisdom saving throws with advantage. And then it gives you uh, your maximum hit point increases by 2d10. So you get temporary hit points as well. Mm-hmm. So it's a big spell. And, but the thing is, is you have to have a chalice, mm-hmm. like a, a bowl with gems on it worth a certain amount of uh, a thousand gold pieces worth of gems on it. So it's like that's the thing, though. It doesn't. <coughs> if, if I'm not mistaken, it does not say that it's consumed by the spell, does it? Uh, I believe it is. Um, it, it should say on the the material components. Yeah, a gem encrusted bowl worth at least a thousand gold pieces. Gold pieces, which the spell consumes. Okay. Yeah. Then, but it's also verbal, somatic, and. Yeah. The materials. So it's used. it's an expensive spell to cast. Yeah, definitely. But I mean, if you're at the level where you can cast six level spells, I would I would hope you got some money. Yeah. <laughs> um, and this one is uh can be taken by clerics, druids, and divine soul sorcerers. And also bards, apparently. Um that's nice. I guess an optional one. Which makes sense, I, I feel like. Yeah, like the cleric, the bard, feel... the bard preparing a feast while they entertain you right, and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. Like, or it it fits thematically. If you think about like a bard also being like something that isn't just music or dancing or whatever, it could mm-hmm. also be a chef. 
Yeah. You know, like it's like it's a any, hibachi chef. Yeah, exactly. Oh my gosh. <laughs> that would be amazing. Would like be starts an awesome to, bard. Have like a, a, a college of swords bard that like their 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 swords are their big like hibachi yeah. knives. Yep. And so like their whole fighting is like a performance art. Yeah. And then, and then they start casting Heroes <laughs> Feast and like everybody lines up and they're just <laughs> sitting there at this chalice like flipping blades around and like launching shrimp into people's mouths and stuff like that. Like, perfect. Lighting the onions on fire. Here's, here's the onion <laughs> volcano. <Yep>. Have <laughs> some sake. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. that. That's a... That's a fun character idea. The, uh, the hibachi chef bard. That, like <laughs> their bardic inspiration is performing these like knife acrobatics, yeah. like <laughs> yep. while they're stabbing the enemies and stuff. <laughs> and like, like as I flip the blade and jab it into this guy's jugular, I'm yeah. going to give our barbarian a D six or a D 10 of uh, bardic inspiration. It, and that's <laughs> and the, actually just a piece the, of shrimp that he throws in the barbarian's no, the, mouth. No, the, the barbarian's just inspired by the display of violence that he's just like, Yes. Yeah. See, I like that, but I also like the idea of like the inspiration is just a piece of food that he's throwing. <laughs> it's like an enchanted piece of food. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> That'd be awesome. I want to play this character now. <laughs> we'll find a time. That actually might be what I might do with this character uh, that I'm making. Right. Well, I've made, but I haven't fully fleshed out. Do it for the the feudal Japan one. Oh man! Yes, yes, I like it. Our, so our buddy Joel is uh, is planning a campaign that's that's somewhat set in feudal uh, feudal era Japan, mm-hmm. and uh, <laughs> some of us are struggling with that right now because I'm like I don't know anything about Japanese culture. I don't know anything about feudal era Japan. Like yeah. so, I'm 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 going to be playing a Westerner. That is there because i'm ignorant (laughs) (laughs) it'd be real fun to have like a hibachi chef bard that's just like (laughs) yeah that'd be sick (laughs) that'd be pretty cool i'm gonna i'm gonna post a a photo of the uh the hero forge character i made for this this guy because um i really like the the way i did it it's really funny um his name is pips He's a he's a gnome. Um, I'll show it to you. The sword will be different, but <laughs> so he's like he's a like a jester style uh, bard, that's, but like hilarious. He he's gonna have a little bit of change after this. <laughs> <laughs> they have chef hats. <laughs> yeah, he's, yeah, he's gonna have a chef hat. He's, he'll have like the 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 knives and stuff like that. Uh, like it <laughs> very nice very a pouch nice. of like little pieces of food in it and stuff like that that's gonna be fun uh but yeah so heroes feast i think is definitely on that list high up on that list because it, it's very helpful very much a <sighs> just powerful spell i think <laughs> that, a buff spell a powerful buff spell is what i was going for <laughs> Very nice. Um, and then the other one that I want to put on this list is um, I was going back and forth between Planar Ally and Word of Recall. Because mm-hmm. Planar Ally gets you a super powerful, basically familiar of sorts, um, but just way more powerful. Um, so you basically summon a 
uh, a creature uh, from a different plane that I've seen as like an angel. I've seen as uh, demons. I've seen as um, stuff like that. Uh, oh, geez. That's a lot to read. Yeah, the, my, my next pick for the seventh level spell is quite a bit to read, too. <laughs> um, I summarize. Let me explain. Oh, no, there is too much. Let me sum up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so you can... Name that movie. Not you, Dan. Do you not know it? I know the movie, but it's not coming to mind right now. Let me explain. No, there is too much. Let me sum up. <laughs> yep. Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> he got it. I got it. I got it. <laughs> Somebody at home is going, It's this movie, Dan! <laughs> Someone's going to slap me. <laughs> Might be me. <laughs> My brother would probably <laughs> slap me from all the way in New York. He's going uh, to slap you. It's okay. Esperanza likes it. <laughs> <laughs> That's for you, Adam. <laughs> <laughs> that one's that one's all you, Adam. <laughs> Congrats on having one of the most memorable one shot characters. <laughs> awesome. Um Okay, so so planar ally, uh you can summon a god, a primordial, a demon prince, or some other being of cosmic power. Mm-hmm. And then they get their own like stat block basically is from what i can see um and their own initiative and stuff like that's crazy that's awesome it's amazing i've I've seen it done as a um as a celestial of some kind and it was like whoa guess what i'm gonna summon a solar Uh, no no i don't want you to the dm's just going please don't please don't or in the evil campaign, the DM has their wizard cast it. And, no, no. Please, please, no. No, 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 no. God's no. God's yes. <laughs> All right, on to level seven. Blake. So, um, <clears throat> as we've learned, uh, my first pick is usually uh, some sort of fun, either role play or utilitarian spell. Uh, so my first pick for level seven is Morden Kanan's Magnificent Mansion. <laughs> you stole another one. Oh, did I? Yeah. <laughs> we we don't compare lists before we start this. No. We just we just make a decision like, oh, I'm going to talk about these. <laughs> and then we get into it and it's. Okay, that's the only one I took from from level yeah. seven. So yeah. we're good. <laughs> for those of you who <clears throat> listen to Two Geeks, One New, we do this all the time. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> stupid minds think alike. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <Idiot>. <laughs> two geeks, one noob. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, two geeks, one noob. Because we, you guys, we do the the um, Mount Rushmore, Mount Rushmores, and we don't compare our lists. So. <laughs> we <laughs> usually have a overlap like, somewhere. And Caleb stole mine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, I really like this one because it's just like it's it's a it's a way to just get out of there, like man, we're in a really dangerous area and we've just been like getting pummeled and beaten down and all kinds of crazy stuff. Like yeah. we need a rest. We need, we need somewhere to go. And so your wizard or your bard, which are the, the two classes that can take that are just like, well, I have this mansion we could go stay at. And like, 
wait, we've been roughing it in the woods for weeks. And you have you have an interdimensional mansion that you can just like, here's a door. Yep. <laughs> like, are, are you kidding me? Um, so you, you make a little uh, five foot by 10 foot door um, in a space within range, which is 300 feet. Yeah. And when you go through it, it takes you into a big freaking mansion. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, it, it, it says that it can't be bigger than 50 cubes, and each cube is 50 foot by 50 foot by 50 foot. <clears throat> and so you've basically just made this very large, very nice mansion, and it, it says you can make whatever floor plan you want. And then you have a hundred different invi- like semi-transparent servants that are just wandering around the mansion at your beck and call, just yep. doing whatever you need. Like, hey, I need you to go like take these rations, go prepare some food and then serve it to us and, you know, make the beds and go and do this and clean up afterwards. And it's just like, so not only do you have a mansion that can fit, what is it, a hundred? Yeah, up to a... Or, Contains sufficient food to serve a nine-course banquet for up to a hundred people, so you yeah. can probably fit around that many people in the mansion. But then you have a hundred unseen servants, basically, moving around and doing yeah. all this different stuff. And it's just like you—you've been roughing it in the woods for a week. Your your rangers tired. Your barbarians getting grumpy. Everybody <laughs> just needs a break. And then the bard's like. Oh yeah, I forgot. I can do this thing. Strums his loot a little bit, and then suddenly, just like now, we're living in the lap of luxury. Yep. <laughs> and then you can go in there and shut the door behind you, and nobody can see it. And nobody can see it, and nobody but the people you designate can get in there. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, as a DM, there's some fun stuff you can do because you get to make up your own magic and be like, "Oh yeah, so and so found a way to get in there." Like, yeah, and and you can. I, I would be very careful doing that because that's like their inner sanctum. That's their safe place. That's their that's their respite mm-hmm. from whatever you've been doing to them that has made them cast this spell. And then if you have your BBEG go in there, <clears throat> I would be careful with that. Either make it take a lot out of them so they go in in a weakened state or have it be a thing that they have a really hard time doing so you have to like roll a percentile or something to see if they can even accomplish that feat you know break into what is a sen- what is oh, yeah. essentially a demi plane that you made yeah. and well then, not only is it a demi plane but it's also a wizard's towel, towel exactly towel <laughs> apparently we're in uh <laughs> he just showered yeah, hitchhiker's guide <laughs> <laughs> but but and and I would also say, at a certain point, you could make the argument. So it does. It says uh, a hundred servants. <laughs> well, they can't make attacks. Oh, really? But I would argue they can't make attacks, but they can set up some pretty wacky Home Alone style traps. Oh yeah. So yeah, your BB just came in there, and let me see something real quick. I didn't say like. I would even say like they could they could block attacks. So it says you create any floor plan you like. It doesn't say whether or not you can change that floor plan while you're in there. From what I've seen, and the and this is again, this was on my list for a reason. Um, from what I've seen, he can 
make small or you can make small changes, but it for like the bigger changes and stuff, you have to like cast it again. Yeah. Or like you have to do another yeah. casting. What of it. what I was gonna argue though is <clears throat> if you're the DM and you're allowing your bad guy to get in there, mm-hmm. I would allow me personally to say, okay, yes, he's in there, but you made this world. You crafted it and wove it together with your magic. Mm -hmm. So go ahead and have your servants start making, you know, Home Alone style traps. And then start telling and like make each room. So I'd say you have to have the same rooms that you originally designed. Mm -hmm. But on like your grid map, have each room drawn on like a square of paper. And then say, how would you like to move these around? And on your initiative, you can use an action to move, like to shift a couple rooms. Oh, maybe yeah. not, maybe not all of them, but but make it this really fun dynamic combat slash trap run that you have now put your your DM through. <laughs> and, and I don't know. I feel like as a DM, that would be so much fun oh, to, yeah. to just give you these in tiles and say, okay, for example, just. You know, I would have to look at the logistics of it, but each round you can move three rooms. Mm-hmm. So you can pick it up and move it to a different doorway. Yeah. So we've all oh, run into man. this one bedroom. We're going to pick this room up, move it over here. We're going to put this one in this spot that the unseen servants have just prepared traps in. Mm-hmm. So now we've shifted around. BBEG runs into there and now is getting hit by these traps. And and I would I would say that they're probably not crazy intricate traps. They're probably no. all fairly low level. But turn it into a Kevin McAllister style, like <laughs> like see if you there's can. A, there's a paint can yeah. that's falling. See if you can get us while reality shifts and warps around you. Yeah. And then suddenly, now the now the bad guy doesn't want to attack your mansion. You know he leaves yeah. because he's not taking any serious damage. But this sucks. <laughs> I I think I think I that in it. itself would be a really fun encounter. I re- I want to be in that encounter. That'd be I, so especially much fun. especially because that that gives your your like your main villain is supposed to be a frightful presence. Oh yeah, to your to your players. You know he's supposed to he or she is supposed to be somebody like big and intimidating and scary and like. I don't know if we fight them right now. We might not be able to handle it. And then he comes after you on your turf mm-hmm. and you get to take that power balance and just put it in the hands of the players and say, okay, Wait. he messed <laughs> up. You guys have had instances where you get into something that's way above your head. Yeah. This time he did it. What are you going to do? How are you going to mess with his head? Oh my gosh. And I, I don't know. I, that sounds like so much fun. I feel like that would be such a fun, like a fun little encounter and combat and stuff like that. Because, yeah, he's going to have his minions and he's going to have his cool spells and, and magic items and whatever and his <laughs> overpowered monsters and sidekicks. But you're on my turf. This is my playground. <laughs> yeah, I, I want to play that encounter so bad right now. <laughs> <laughs> I, I might have to plan that as a one shot, yeah. like make it at whatever level. So you only have one seventh level spell t- for somebody to be able to cast that mm-hmm. <laughs> and then just let everybody play. And, and maybe I don't know, because 
there would be a difficulty in the fact that whoever is the caster of the spell would have like all the cards. Yeah. So maybe I would put it where each party member on their turn gets to move one room. Mm. Yeah, like the wizard is giving kind of the or the bard or whatever is kind of giving the uh the authority the authority to be able to move certain things yeah. and, or even move a trap somewhere or yeah. something like that. Yeah. And and like when you look at like old school like horror movies, something like uh, Stephen King's Rose Red, where the the floor plan and the layout of the building changes and expands and yeah. shrinks, and okay, what? I just opened a door and went into this hallway, and now the door is gone. Like, yeah, man, what if what if it was the the servants that actually had the uh like the way of moving things around, like they're the ones like. Picking it up and moving it, basically. Hmm. So, like, the wizard is like, okay, you have, you like, this player has charge of these particular servants. Go, like, move things around do, the way do you want to. Do as he says. Yeah, basically. And that way you could even... <clears throat> sorry. At least as the flavor of it, you know? And, and that way you could even, like, somewhat split the party and have everybody in these different areas yeah. doing different things to try to capture and, and corral the different villains and bad guys and sidekicks and stuff like that mm -hmm. to kill them or scare them enough to where they don't want to be involved anymore. Yeah. And they're just like, dude, get us out of here. This is nuts. <laughs> and, and there could be tactics in it because, okay, maybe the, maybe the bad guy has some spells that he can use to like, okay, yes, they just moved this room, but it's my turn right now. And I can use some some kind of divination spell to find them and like, OK, they're here mm -hmm. and then run over. So it, it is it is a game of cat and mouse where you are the cat, but the, the mouse might have some sharp teeth. Yeah, I was going to say it's it's mousetrap. <laughs> yeah, where it's it's like, yes, this is this is you do have the power here. But if he finds you, it's going to be very it's bad for you. Yeah. <laughs> oh, there you are. Force cage, mm. cloud kill. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's rough. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's 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 the first of my of my picks. Um, obviously, I honorable mentioned force cage because it's just a good spell. Um, but my other one that I just I really like. Um, I was planning on taking it with one of my warlock characters. Um, because it's available to sorcerer, warlock, and wizard. And I wanted to take it with Dax as mm -hmm. well. My oh, sorcerer yeah. character okay. is Finger of Death. Mm. Yeah. Which can be seen in the Dungeons and Dragons Honor Among Thieves movie. <laughs> <laughs> Not a sponsor. Not a sponsor. Yeah. <laughs> but we would like it. <laughs> um, Please. So, so you basically just, you, you point at somebody and just murder them. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so you you point at somebody and it just hits them with this massive wave of necrotic damage or necrotic energy deals 78 plus 30 damage. Oof. And if it kills them, then they rise on the next turn as a zombie that is permanently under your command. Oh, so normally undead, you you say you do create undead or something like that. Mm hmm. They're under your command for 24 hours. Yeah. Wherein after that time, you have to cast the spell again to reassert your control over them. Mm -hmm. This one, 
has no such stipulation. Now, granted, with some of the with some of the higher level undead that you can use with with other spells, you can technically say summon something like a uh, a white, which is an intelligent undead. Mm-hmm. So you could summon that and then bargain with it to where it is now willingly following you instead of being controlled and coerced by you. And possibly now. Whites can also create it undead. Okay. So now when they're <laughs> killing things with their energy drain or, or spirit drain, I, I don't remember exactly what the ability is. And mm-hmm. that raises as an undead permanently under his control. And then you have him willingly following you. Yeah, sure. You could do that. But is a good, is a good aligned yeah. character going to maintain permanent control over a malevolent undead? Mm. Probably not. However, Finger of Death is your ticket to an undead army because you don't ever have to reassert that control. So, yes, maybe you can only cast it once a day. And maybe you're only casting it, you know, hitting somebody like one person per combat. After a certain point, you end up with a pretty good amount of undead under your control that you're not then having to burn spell slots to keep them under your control. Right, right. Yeah, because if you do it once a day for a month, you got 30 people under your your control. Yeah, and this is, um, again, I'm assuming that you're playing a good aligned character. Or at least, you know, chaotic good. Yeah, something like that. (laughs) And you're, say, casting it on bandits. Or maybe you get a job as the town's executioner. Oh, no. You're technically still following the law. You are getting rid of criminals that have been sentenced to death. So you're doing a good thing. You're just also bolstering your own strength every single time you take one out. And I would say if you have a character who has finger of death, why wouldn't you go and try to become the town's executioner? Like, it's not going to be any kind of flashy public execution. But it's going to be once a day you walk into the person's cell and say, okay, well, did you have your last meal? Sorry about this, bud. (laughs) (laughs) Finger guns. And now you've got another servant. Yeah. Permanently. Jeez. (laughs) Now, what do you do with all these people? (laughs) Like, just... Just put them in your wizard tower. You keep or... them in Morden Kanan's magnificent mansion. <laughs> and then when fit hits the Shan, you open the door and call them all out. And suddenly there's this five by 10 door that just is except, pouring out undead. Except Morden Kanan's uh, magnificent tower ends at a certain point and everything that's in it that isn't supposed to be in it flops out. Oh, does it? Yeah. Oh, that's true. That's true. That's true. So you'd have to have like a per- a permanent demi plane. Demi plane. Yeah. There you go. Demi plane would do the same thing. Yeah. Or or just a portable hole. Yeah. <laughs> you just you're just storing corpses in your portable hole, and then you get into combat, and you're like, "Hang on, time out, real quick. Let me unfold this, set it on the ground, and come on, guys." <laughs> and now you've just got this hole in the ground that is just got a bunch of undead that just start climbing out of it and it's like now okay real quick real quick what kind of magician would i be without my beautiful assistance (laughs) (laughs) 
We took some liberties with the word beautiful. Yeah. So <laughs> here, here's a question about uh, the portable hole in that instance. Would you allow to unfold it and hang it somewhere so that they can come out walking on the ground? Or do you have to have them all climb out on the floor? I might allow it. Yeah. But you could also just open a portable hole and then get your warlock who has the invocations that can push and pull people to just yank somebody into the hole. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Pit of death. You know, you know the, the medieval castles had little slots in the windows that were called murder holes. Mm-hmm. Well, this is my murder hole. <laughs> <laughs> But but if you are a warlock and you have the invocation that allows your Eldritch Blast to pull people and you do not do your best impression of Mortal Kombat Scorpion. Get over here. Exactly. Yeah. Then you're not allowed at my table anymore. (laughs) You don't have to do it every time, but you have to do it at least least once during the campaign. (laughs) Just just get over here. Oh yeah. Yeah. So so those are my two. Obviously there's there's other ones that are great. Prismatic spray, resurrection is great. Um simulacrum is it's just fun. Yeah. But honorable mentions versus those are the ones that Yeah, there I just really like those. There's definitely a bunch on there like those obvious spells that you want to have like the resurrections and the healing and stuff like that. I feel like we kind of established that in the beginning of like these are really good spells but they're not the ones that we want to emphasize because yeah. like the the ones that were <laughs> the ones that we're talking are not necessarily the best spells in the game. They're just ones that we really enjoy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um Sequester is also a fun one. I've seen some campaign plot hooks based off of Sequester, and I'm like, oh, <laughs> I like that. <laughs> so if you cast that, are you a sequestrian? <laughs> Good one. Thank you. <laughs> oh, that's staying in, by the way. <laughs> I figured. <laughs> Gotta get my dad jokes in. Anyway. Um, but yeah, man, level eight is Again, so good. You stole one of mine, but that actually makes it okay because I had three. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, my first one was uh, Draconic Transformation. Uh, I used this in our 20th level one shot. Um, mm, yeah, it was a good one. Yeah, I, I like that one a lot because it gives you a uh, breath weapon. <clears throat> which is really cool. I love the fact that you can uh, pick a uh, damage type and just breathe it out. Uh, <laughs> um, but it also gives you like ethereal wings and claws and, and a bite mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So it it's almost like having that path of the beast barbarian thing or the, Beast Warden, or not Beast Warden, uh, Drake, Drake Warden, Drake Warden, uh, abilities for, uh, the Ranger to be able to just grow claws out of your, <laughs> without having to be those, uh, classes, which is really cool. I like it. Um, but I was playing as a wildfire druid, um, that was able to, it was very, it was a very, uh, 
fire-based uh, character. Mm-hmm. He was a, a wildfire druid, and he was a fire genasi. <laughs> Which was nice, because the creature you were fighting had no resistances to fire. Right. Which was really cool. Also, the rocks that we had to destroy were not vul- vulnerable to fire, but at least took fire damage. Yeah. Uh, which was really nice. Uh, God, man, level eight is so good. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm, We're almost there. We're almost yeah, there. I'm looking at it and I'm like, I don't know how to narrow <laughs> this down. Um, There's going to be a lot of honorable mentions in eight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, my other one for level seven is reverse gravity. Well, you have one of mine on level eight. <gasps> uh oh. I'll pick a different one. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I've seen, I've seen, I've seen reverse gravity do a couple of different things. And I tell me if I'm wrong, if this is, I might be thinking of like gravity well or something like this, but you can make gravity go upward but also you can make it go further down no that i think that's gravity well so reverse gravity literally just switches just sw- it around yeah and then when it. the spell ends it flips you back down which i use that you use in the 20th, in the 20th, level, 20th well. level campaign also <laughs> made made your uh uh little minions go like 500 feet up in the air 100 100 feet they up in weren't the air. little they were very they big. Were very big but but when you ended the spell it did drop one and he just splattered on the ground the other one did survive but that was because he had barely been touched yeah and so i was like oh let me roll that damage and and i actually rule falling damage as more than what the books say yeah because you you do a d10 right yeah the books are like every 10 feet after 10 feet it's a d10 bludgeoning damage and i'm like i'm gonna do a d10 yeah because it makes the most sense because yeah, there's are like it's a d6 and i'm like i like the d10 because yeah. when like <laughs> i'm in construction you fall off of a ladder <laughs> that can end your career yeah. and and that's like a six foot ladder can end your career mm-hmm. yeah that's <laughs> a 10 that's foot enough 10 damage. foot ladder and you're pretty messed up go 100 feet in the air you're not getting back up after that you, you go splat splat now, granted, D&D characters are far more durable than in real life, and they have magic and things like that that can fix them. But right. but they'll still do that damage. I like the D10. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so Reverse Gravity, I feel like, is a really, really useful spell to be able to just get... It, it's almost like the, the kind of spell that gets rid of like crowds yeah in a way because it's a it's a pretty big area of effect 50 feet or something like so if there's a whole bunch of people standing in it you just pick them up and then drop them yeah let me let me look at that reverse gravity and it lasts for a minute so 10 rounds Mm -hmm. they're just up in the air (laughs) until you let it go or let which if they have if they have no ranged capabilities you're just kind of in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> Which I thought it was funny how they kept <laughs> you guys kept grabbing, uh, for, grabbing like for rocks. Pieces of the broken cobblestone street and stuff. And they, and they, they kept, kept missing. They kept not being able to get a hold of rocks. And yep. then one of them got a hold of a, a like a pretty big boulder. I was like, okay, well, he's going to try to throw this at Yanny. He fails. That's in that one. <laughs> 
But also, we figured out that oh. he was trying to throw it outside of the reverse gravity mm-hmm. field, yeah. and it was like, wait, what would that do? Because it would go, it would go up, and then it would start falling down. Yeah, at some point, yeah, it's just it's a fun yeah. spell. <laughs> hey man, those those things served their purpose. Oh yeah, in the rounds that they were in, so I was using the uh, the star spawn. And specifically the star spawn Hulk and the big bad was the, the greater star spawn emissary mm-hmm. or rather it started as the lesser and then transformed into the greater as they do. And so there was a, you know, combat and four star spawn Hulk showed up and just would start surrounding them. And the star spawn emissary would fire a psychic orb, which would then hit one of the star spawn Hulk activating its psychic mirror ability, which would then blast psychic energy to everything within 10 feet, including the other hulks, which would then blast psychic energy to everything within 10 feet and cause these really nasty chain reactions where at one, at one point I was like, you take 85 damage. It's psychic. (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) Yeah, it was, it was a rough combat. It was like, you take 85 damage. It's like, it's okay. I'm a barbarian. I have it. It's psychic damage. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> so I take 85 damage, and it was like, yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> the, the one turn when he just used all, like, his whole multi-attack to fire three psychic orbs mm-hmm. at that one Hulk. It's, it's kind of nice that I forgot Little that there was, <laughs> I forgot there was another Hulk that was within 10 feet of that one. Oh, right. So he hit it three times and it almost dropped both of our barbarians, but I forgot that the other one was within 10 feet. So it should have hit him too. <laughs> Double, and mirrored again. Basically. Oh. Yeah. Mirrored again and doubled the amount of damage they took, which would have killed them both. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> outright. I think not outright. You don't think and, so? No, and and one of them was a zealot barbarian at twentieth level, so oh, she would have kept true. fighting anyways. Yeah, but there, she would have died after. Yeah, that that <laughs> was a whoopsie on my part that ended up working out really well for the players. Where I was like, like several rounds later, I was like, oh man, that other one was there. That technically should have doubled the damage. <laughs> and Heather and Ariel both kind of looked at me like, "Don't do it." I was like, "No, guys, that was my bad. We're already past it. I'm not going to retroactively add the damage to it. Yeah. Like, that was on me." <laughs> The times when a DM forgetting his abilities <laughs> is nice. It's kind of nice. Oh, third dangerous. <laughs> when you don't, that's when it's dangerous. Third <laughs> dangerous. <laughs> All right. So those were those were your two. Those uh, are my my level sevens. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, let's go on to level eight. So, so we, we kind of touched on this one in the last one, and it would be a spell that is available to warlocks and wizards uh, with the optional availability to sorcerers. And that would be Demiplane. Ah, yes. Okay. Um, it's basically the Magnificent Mansion, but a little better because you've just made a pocket dimension that is completely yours. And, you know... I would I would say if you have that certain amount of control over the mansion, you have even more over a demi plane. Oh yeah, and um, I mean it. It's just it's just nice. It appears to be an empty room that's thirty feet in each di- each dimension, 
made of wood or stone. When the spell ends, the door disappears and any creature or object inside the demiplane remain trapped in there. So you can so, use it yeah. to just, I'm going to shunt this guy into a demiplane and then shut the door. Yeah. And he's stuck in there. Now You're basically banishing, but better. Yeah. <laughs> now, granted, um, if that person is a spellcaster, I would argue that they can cast demiplane to get out. Mm-hmm. That wouldn't it just go into another demiplane though? See, that's that's a question that I I have always thought about because if you cast a demiplane inside of a demiplane, does it do the same thing as a bag of holding inside of bag of holding? Because it's an extra dimensional space inside of an extra dimensional space. Yeah, I would say it would. So he got out, but then exploded. And and also technically, if he's a high enough spellcaster, he could probably. I mean, if he's casting eighth level spells, he probably has something in his repertoire that would allow him to plane hop. Yeah. Yeah. Like you can be a plane, a plane hopper, but. Planeswalker. Yeah. A plane. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to remember what. Sorry, uh, that's not D&D. That's the other thing that Wizards of the Coast does. <laughs> <laughs> Planescape. Uh, no, that's uh, Magic the Gathering. The plane, oh, oh, yeah. The yeah, Planeswalkers. Yeah, yeah. Got it. I don't play magic, so that's... I used to. I don't like very much. I used to. But then I got into D&D and was like, ah, this is more fun. (laughs) (laughs) Plus, I was not great at magic. I had a couple decks that were really good. Mm -hmm. But if I ever tried to play against anybody that actually knew what they were doing, I was like, oh, I suck at this. Got it. Cool. (laughs) I also didn't spend $8,000 on a deck, so... Mine's going to be a bit inferior. Just a tad. <laughs> um, it's like, I got a first level character here. <laughs> yeah. But. Yeah, it's like going up against a 20th level character in D&D with a, one, with a first level character. <laughs> yeah. You ain't going to win. <laughs> yeah, and so say you are fighting something really nasty. And you open a demiplane, get it to chase you in there, and then you leave and shut the door. Mm-hmm. And then later you're like, man, I really want to cast demiplane, but that thing's in there. You can make a new one. Uh, yeah. So you can either have the door connect to a new demiplane of your creation, or you can make it connect to the last one. Nice. So, for example, fun thing you could do, catch a big, bad, nasty monster in a demiplane. Go to the big bad guy's lair. <laughs> Open said door to Demiplane and then teleport out of there. Yeah. Now, or go now into this, another dem- Demiplane or yourself. Or go into another Demiplane, you know? <laughs> but then you'd have to cast the eighth level spell twice. But, right, but yeah. I mean, think about it this way. Teleport out of there. Let those two fight it out. One of them is going to be significantly softened after the fight. Oh, yeah. Assuming that the monster is not a servant of the big guy. Yeah, that's true. We're we're just making assumptions here. Yeah. And then you just go back in there with the rest of your party and then mop up whatever's left. I like it. Not a terrible strategy. And I, as the DM, would applaud you for the creativity of it. (laughs) Like, oh, you guys previously trapped like a a death kiss beholder in there. Mm. Okay, cool. Several sessions later, (laughs) you're fighting the big bad guy. You grab your friends and say, hey, get ready, open the demiplane, and then teleport out of there. Yeah. 
Now, now he's got to fight a death kiss. Now, is it necessarily going to be able to kill the big bad guy? Probably not. Yeah. yeah. But then you also risk the 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 danger of okay, well now they're friends. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not a terrible strategy. There is also the idea of um, if you are already in combat, you have to wait for two turns to be able to do that. If yeah. you do it before combat, you're more so golden, but... Well, have the wizard go in there invisible, cast Demiplane to open it up, and then just teleport out of there. Yeah. Greater invisibility. Yeah. <laughs> like... Not just invisibility, because yeah. you, you become visible after uh, casting a spell. Yeah. But greater invisibility, you're good. <laughs> Exactly. And so you, you, you can do some fun stuff with that. Or just if you have, you know, more than one eighth level spell. Maybe you cast contingency to be able to cast demiplane when you are within 60 feet of the big bad guy. Mm -hmm. Right. And so you get within 60 feet of the bad guy and it opens one demiplane that you trapped a monster in and then you cast it again. To open another one that you trapped another nasty monster in. <laughs> and then you go, have fun with that. Bye. Yeah. Teleport out of there. Have have both of them push the other guy into one of those demi planes, trap them all in one, and then they're just, you know, Tasmanian deviling it here. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean and that's I mean, it's honestly, it's a fun one. And I, and I would allow some some great shenaniganery with it. <laughs> I like the word shenaniganery. Well, yeah. It needs to be on a t-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> I can't remember if I heard that somewhere or if I just came up with it, but... Nah. It still needs to be on a t-shirt. Um, so I, I'm going to have to... I'm going to have to do three in this section. No. Yes. Okay. Because I, I could not narrow it down. <laughs> So my other one, my second one, would be clone. Ah, uh, yes. And you probably saw this coming because of our conversation the other day. Yeah, um, I know exactly why. <laughs> so clone is one of those ways that your character can gain immortality. You basically, I mean, it, it costs a lot of money, but you basically create a clone of yourself that is a empty vessel, doesn't have a soul. And it just sits in this little either urn or pocket in the, you know, in the ground until you die. Mm -hmm. And you can make the clone a younger version of yourself or, you know, wh whatever age you would like it to be. When you die, your soul is now drawn into that clone and you wake up in that body and break out of, you know, the urn or the casket or the pocket in the ground or whatever. Yeah. And you're still alive. So. The reason we talked about this the other day is because I got a fun character concept idea where I was like, what if there was this ancient spellcaster who has been staying alive all these years by casting clone whenever he's, you know, older and closer to death and whatever. And say you're starting a first level campaign and you want to be able to justify that crazy high intelligence score that you have. And he made a clone of himself that was a younger version because he's like, I want more, more time before I have to cast the spell again. So I'm going to make like a 10 year old version of myself. He dies, wakes up in his cloned body 
And for some reason, something went wrong. And now he does not have his spellcasting capabilities that he had before. So I was thinking... He has all the intelligence. So so this is is for wizards only. (laughs) Oh, it's a spell that's wizards only. But he wakes up and he's like a wild magic sorcerer because he's lost his ability to control his magic and is now a first level spellcaster. So he has his wizard spell book, but can't cast like 90% of the spells in it. Mm-hmm. Can't even cast all the cantrips that are in it oh, because he's just he's just lost the ability to do it. And so through your level ups, like, OK, you're going from level one to level two. OK, now you can take your first level in wizard. <laughs> But you still have that thing of the wild magic sorcerer where whenever you cast a spell, it has the potential to to cause a wild magic surge because he still doesn't have full control of it. And so he's this very frustrated wizard. He's an old man in a 10 year old's body that just (laughs) is like like you you come across this big nasty monster and he's like oh don't worry everybody I have just the spell that'll clear this up tries to cast disintegrate. Mm hmm doesn't work you can only cast first level spells a bunch of butterflies come out and he's just like he's just like oh no we should run (laughs) (laughs) all right so real real quick if if you're if you're done i want to go over the components of this oh yeah yeah because it's crazy so it is verbal somatic and material Mm -hmm. so it costs a diamond worth at least a thousand gold pieces and at least one cubic inch of flesh of the creature that is to be cloned, Mm -hmm. which the spell consumes. Understandable. And a vessel worth at least 2,000 gold pieces that has a sealable lid and is large enough to hold a medium creature, such as a huge urn, coffin, mud-filled cyst in the ground, or crystal container filled with salt water. Yep. What? (laughs) (laughs) So you have to have all kinds of material components to create this clone. You literally have to be the prestige. (laughs) Fair enough. (laughs) Except he was drowning his clones. Well, yeah. But like, what what is he going to do with his original body? Like, he has to do something with it. Yeah. (laughs) Is he keeping them all... In something is he just it does it make his body just disintegrate? Does, so like, what so does, what happens I'm, with with this character? He was basically doing a like he has these like magical caches around the place, mm-hmm. and that's one of the other things that I wanted to do where like he's forgotten exactly where all of them are because again something went wrong with yeah. this clone. So if you ever just wanted to do like a fun little trap puzzle dungeon, he could you could just like hey you remember like your character remembers you have this like i think i had a cache around here somewhere where i had some of my magical implements and like you know you you wanted to do a loot drop with some magic items for some of the players Mm -hmm. like hey you had a thing here like you know somewhere around and then you have to like find it and then like you start running into these traps and puzzles and like okay you made this place how do we get in (laughs) i don't know it was over three (laughs) lifetimes ago why would i remember how to get in there yeah and then that like 3000 years ago yeah like i you, was there yeah and then you you get into it and you finally get to the end of it and it's like what was in here my favorite toothbrush <laughs> <laughs> or you know just something something goofy something like that stupid, like yeah. like oh yeah i had a couple pages of my old spell book in here and be yeah. like we did all that for three spells like 
Well, they're very good spells. <laughs> <laughs> they're very important to me. Yeah, they're very nice spells. <laughs> or, you know, like, I, well, I did this for you. There's a magic sword in that box over there. Runs over to grab it. Ah, wait, it's a mimic. you know just just stuff like that just like you you would have like you as the player like cooperating with the dm would have some fun stuff that you could get the party into like oh (laughs) boys there's a there's a trove over here that i hid years ago oh we don't want to have anything to do with it after the last one when we all almost died i don't want any of your magic treasure like treasure treasure holes in the ground and be like but this one had some really good stuff in it <laughs> like how good Fine. <laughs> how good because <laughs> if this is another toothbrush stash <laughs> we're gonna let the barbarian rip your arms off <laughs> But all, but all your teeth are dirty. <laughs> you really need them. Yeah. So, so that's that's clone. And then the third one I'll I'll probably do pretty quick is illusory dragon. Illusory. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah. you basically piece a bunch of shadow together and make a big freaking dragon. Now you would think from the name illusory dragon that it's just an illusion, right? Mm. This thing can kill you. Ooh. So you make a big freaking dragon. And you can move it around uh, up to 60 feet each turn as a bonus action. And it can exhale a blast of energy in a 60 foot cone originating from its space. And you can choose if it's going to be acid, cold, fire, lightning, necrotic or poison. So you get the different damage types as though it's an actual dragon. Dude. 76 damage, yada, yada, yada. People can try to figure out what it is, see if it's an illusion and stuff. And if they learn that it's an illusion, it doesn't completely negate the spell. Was it like half damage or something? Yeah, I think. uh, hmm. Yeah, half as much on a successful uh, intelligence saving throw. Yeah. So if they find out that it's an illusion... The creature can see through it, and they get advantage on the saving throws against its breath attack. Oh my gosh. But it's still, like, even advantage on the save. That's 7d6. Yeah. That's nothing to sneeze at. As a bonus action. And plus, you get this big stinking dragon that can frighten people for up to a minute. And frightened is such a good condition to be able to dish out against your enemies. Mm -hmm. And so like you, you come into combat and you're just like, Hey, here's my dragon. Hey, name is Jeff. (laughs) 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 My name is Jeff. Jeff. (laughs) But just, just what, what bandits going to stand around after that? Yeah, no. It's gonna, it's gonna oh, poop its pants and have go you running. met my dragon and I'm a jail <laughs> and then he just like <laughs> I, 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 I. I forgot I left the oven on uh, that's middle ages you don't have an oven I left the iron on in the shower with the toaster I have to go <laughs> so yeah I uh, figured, figured I'd make that one pretty quick because yeah, cool. it's, it's such a fun spell but it's I mean, it's, it's pretty self-explanatory. Yeah. Like, the things you can do with that are just great. I feel like it's almost kind of like, um, uh, 
one of the wow. phantasmal spells. phantasmal force yeah mm-hmm. that's what i was thinking but like like an upgraded phantasmal upgraded, yeah. phantasmal killer basically where yeah. it's like it's it's there but it's it's in your mind <laughs> yeah you know? but it's not targeting <laughs> one enemy it's you've made a big illusory dragon yeah. out of shadow stuff and everybody can see it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Speaking of mind stuff. Yes. My first one is Feeble Mind. I saw that on your list. <laughs> like I looked over at your computer and went, okay, I'll talk about a different one. Because that was, that was on my list. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's pretty self-explanatory. Who doesn't want to turn your enemy into a, drool, or enemy into a drooling mess? <laughs> It makes your intelligence score go down to one. Yeah. <laughs> which is all the negatives. Um, <laughs> yeah. So you're basically even dumber grog. Uh, <laughs> you know what? <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I won't spend much time on that one, but that one's, that one's pretty cool. I've seen it done a couple of times on... PC characters uh, or player yeah, character player character characters player character character yeah <laughs> um but my other one that I I chose was one that I've actually never seen anyone do um and I haven't seen I haven't done it haven't seen anybody do it it's called maze mm. um I just read this read through the spell and I was like oh man this yeah, is that's, so that, cool that's an interesting one. So it's basically a banish spell, but you banish them into a endless maze. Uh, so it says you banish a creature that you can see within range into a labyrinth demiplane. The target remains there for the duration or until it escapes the maze. And it makes a DC 20 intelligence check. So it's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That one... I, like I said, I, I you never just, seen anyone you do can it. You just lock down an opponent for a while. Yeah. But it, if, it if I'm not wrong, something like uh, Garistros and um, Minotaurs just automatically succeed. Oh, is it really? I think so. Garist- okay. Garistro demons and Minotaurs. So Garistros, because they are uh, under the domain of Baphomet, mm-hmm. and Baphomet, like his... <laughs> His whole plane of the of the abyss is a giant maze. Oh, okay. And then so Minot- he just... and then Minotaurs because he's a Minotaur. <laughs> what what's special about a Minotaur that makes them good at mazes? What's the original myth- mythological legend of the Minotaur? What's its lair? I don't know. But... Lab- it's the Minotaur in the labyrinth. Oh, okay. Oh, so like the like the movie Labyrinth is is that a Minotaur? No. Or no? Okay. All right. No, that's David. I, I don't know. That's David Bowie and his wiggly junk. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. No. So so Greek mythology. Oh, I'm thinking I'm thinking Pan's Labyrinth. Sorry. Uh, whatever. That, that was a fawn. But but it basically, yeah. you know, a weird animal we can do. Yeah. So the original <laughs> Greek mythology, the Minotaur was trapped in the labyrinth. Um, oh, okay. And they would send people into it as, I mean, sometimes as a quest and sometimes as a sacrifice. Okay. All right. I think I, I think I remember that now from one of the one of the cartoon things that we sent 
to each other. Um, there was like a cartoon that showed this thing. Oh, maybe it's not one that we sent, but it's something I've seen before. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah, so Minotaurs and then Garistro Demons. I think nice. they, if, if I'm not mistaken, they automatically succeed. Cool. Very nice. Very nice. All right. So, final level. Ninth level. Heroes level. Yeah, this is, this is the, the reality warping god tier spells. Which is funny because I didn't choose any of those type of <laughs> spells. You didn't choose uh, reality break. No, because okay. I've I've never seen it done. So actually, I think that one, one that... that one might be an eighth level. Yeah, reality break is eighth level. Is it? Yeah, I didn't choose any of that any of that either. So obviously, the most honorable mention is wish. Oh yeah, of course. Um, you you can't talk about ninth level spells without saying wish, but. Yeah. I would say that of these, it's a great spell. Don't get me wrong. But there's others that I probably like more. Yeah. So my first on, uh, on the list of ninth level spells is True Polymorph. Yep. Because any spell that will allow you to turn into a dragon. Oh, yeah. And furthermore, any spell that will allow you to turn into a dragon and then stay one permanently. <laughs> also, my, my brother in Christ. <laughs> <laughs> also, any spell that lets you gain hit points that don't take away from yeah. your original hit points. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But but I just have to say, uh, if you where is it? you do have to say that. Yeah, I do have to say. Come on, uh, where is it? I also love the fact that mass polymorph polymorph is a thing. Yeah, that's a good but one too. That's but, a different. But, but being able to just say, like, like, okay, I would allow this if you're playing because this spell is available to bards, warlocks, and wizards. If you're playing one of those one of those characters, and I, for example, said, hey. I'm going to do another 20th level one shot. Mm -hmm. And you said, I'm going to play as a wizard. Can I be a wizard that casts true polymorph on himself to turn himself into a gold dragon? And then just maintained the concentration until it became a permanent thing. Mm -hmm. I'd be like, yeah, you're a gold dragon. Now, here's one of the things that a gold dragon can do. A gold dragon, an adult gold dragon, can polymorph himself into a human. Yeah. So you can be walking around as an adult gold dragon in human form. Combat starts and then you surprise everybody at the table and be like, well, I'm going to drop polymorph on myself. And they go, wait, what? Dragon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Fair enough, dude. Like, uh -huh. Go for it. <laughs> and what's crazy is dragons still can cast spells. Yeah. Oh, they, yeah. They still have that intelligence where they can cast all the same wizard spells and stuff like that. Specifically, gold dragons are arcane wizard like spellcasters. Mm -hmm. So you still have your 20 levels of wizard in your draconic form. Yep. Dude. Maybe not the greatest spell in the game, but if it lets you turn into a dragon, it's pretty much the greatest spell in my game. <laughs> in, 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 in the game. In my book. <laughs> yeah. I mean, just looking at the last 20th level, or the 20th level thing that we did, 
Mm-hmm. How many times did I like do some kind of draconic yeah. transformation? I mean, or... you, you did shape change to turn into a dragon, and then when that dropped, you turned into your you did uh, the, dr- draconic the draconic transformation. transformation. Yeah, yeah, and then <laughs> after that, you ended up casting I think regular polymorph to turn into a T Rex. Yeah, which is almost a dragon. Yeah, just <laughs> shorter arms and no wings and no breath <laughs> and no yeah no yeah, no oh. breath weapon. Yeah. Poor T-Rex. Yeah. <laughs> He's got a pink head. And no breath. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Um, that, that's, that's pick number one. Um, yeah. Just because there's, there's so many fun uses that you can do with that. But my favorite use is the, I'm going to permanently turn myself into an adult gold dragon. And then what's to say that you do that and then you don't age into ancient or great worm? Mm. Oh boy. Yeah. It's a good That's one. That's terrifying. It's a good one. Be like, oh, I used to be a wizard. What happened? I became a really good wizard. <laughs> like, like what what wizard at at the ability to cast ninth level spells is looking for the, the path to lichdom when you could turn into a dragon? Right. Be like, liches, I think you mean. Weak. <laughs> Family friendly. <laughs> yeah. Um and then uh my my second uh ninth level pick. Yeah, you guys all knew it was coming. I love third party content creators. Oh yeah. I I adore my third party content creators. So I was torn um because I have uh, Kobold Press is deep magic. Mm-hmm. I have um, I have like a list of different spells for epic level characters that I got off of DM's Guild. I have all kinds of fun stuff, but I recently picked up a very great book that I, I quite enjoy. Um, I've been trying to reach out to them because we want to do a review of the book and want to make sure that it's okay if we do this. Um, so because I don't know exactly what the rules are on this, I'll be fairly vague. Um, I picked up a book um, by the Dungeon Dudes called Sebastian Crow's Guide to Drakenheim. For anybody who wants uh, a fun grimdark setting or just wants a few more character subclasses and a brand new class. Really, I picked one out of it, I believe. Really <laughs> fun book. Really fun book. Um, but one of the classes that's in it is called the Apothecary. And one of the subclasses of the apothecary is basically a, a plague bearer. It's, it's called the pathogenist. And they're, they're all about debuffs and inflicting diseases and exhaustion and poison and all this other just nasty. Mm-hmm. They're a really good debuffer. Well, they have a ninth level spell that's available to the apothecary. And I love it. <laughs> <laughs> um... It's maybe not the best if you're like in a single single combat with the big bad evil guy. You know, it it'll be good. But what immediately came to mind when I read it was what if you're trying to protect a city from an orc invasion? You know, there's there's like a hundred orcs or a thousand orcs that are marching on this city that you guys care about. And then you just walk out and cast this spell and watch as they all start dropping dead. Like all of them. Mm hmm. So it's called Pandemic. It is a ninth level spell. Costs an action to cast. Your range is only 60 feet. 
which isn't, you know, it's a respectable range. So you're going to have to get within like arrow distance to yeah. cast this. Yep. Luckily, if you're able to cast ninth level spells, you're probably got a good amount of hit points and probably a decent armor class, at least. Uh, verbal, somatic and material components. Uh, the material components is the fetid corpse of a plague rat. Hmm. Duration is instantaneous. And basically what you do is you pick a dude. And you say, hey, an orc dude, you, you pick an enemy and you say, hey, hey, you don't look so good. And you infect them with a very fast spreading and virulent disease. That. Every single round, they're going to take a whole bunch of damage. Other than that, everybody within 10 feet of them now has to make a save against this spell. And if they fail it. They now take a whole bunch of damage. Mm. And even on your like, even if you succeed on it, like if you're infected with it and you succeed on your saving throw on your next turn, you still take half damage and it does not go away. Until somebody casts something like Wish or Greater Restoration or one of the higher tiered like healing slash, you know. Removing removing curses. effects spells, but, <laughs> but, curses, but 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 think about it this way, okay? Say for example, it is an orc army. Orcs do have clerics, you know they they follow Grumsh, mm-hmm. and say you know they've got a whole bunch of clerics with them, and they start throwing greater restoration out. Well, the problem is they're going to run out of spell slots because it's everybody within ten feet of that target is mm-hmm. now potentially infected with it and now everybody within 10 feet of that target is infected and everybody within 10 feet so it just spreads across the battlefield like wildfire Mm. and okay you've cast greater restoration on this guy okay he's cured but then he starts his next turn and he's now within 10 feet of an infected victim (laughs) and he gets it again Mm. and so just every single turn you're just you're just cutting through swaths of their enemy of your enemies by just casting this on one guy. And I'm pretty sure if I'm not mistaken, the pathogenist, when you cast a spell that inflicts a disease, I think it's a thing you can take when you cast a spell that inflicts a disease on a target. You can pick an adjacent target to also hit them. So now you've started with two. Yeah. And then it just spreads from there. Yeah. Dang. And you just you just watch the the apothecary just kind of casually walk up to the battlefield, point at one guy and be like, "You don't look so great," and then they just drop dead, and everybody next to them just starts dying in a wave. <laughs> now again, not the best ninth level spell, but just well, pretty but dang just good. the the visuals <laughs> of that. You know, you have this guy that's a master of diseases and poisons and acids and and virology and stuff like that. And then he just goes out and wipes out a whole army yeah. with one spell. Damn. Yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> now, I would say that the uh, the enemy would hope that they have their and uh, their armies in groups of <laughs> you know legions or whatever yeah <laughs> like hey, these are different cohorts and but then you have the one moron that's like hey my buddy over there just died runs over <laughs> oh no <laughs> yeah, somebody help <laughs> oh yeah 
That'd be and and as chaos as chaos breaks out in their in their ranks and they all start running wild, mm. who's to say okay this guy's infected and he decides to run away before he knows how sick he is and runs past one of the other legions. Yeah. Well now they're all sick too. And when have you ever known orcs to be organized? No. Not Outside really. of the Battle of Minas Tirith in uh, <laughs> in uh, uh, Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Never. <laughs> Slightly at Helm's Deep, but that was more. But they were still all grouped. They together. were still grouped. Yeah, they were. They were more trained fighters. Dun, but dun, 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 dun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but yeah, I, I, I just, I just like that spell. Yeah, that is pretty crazy. And and you know, I I first read it and I went, that's a little bit overpowered. But then I thought, it's a ninth level spell. Yeah, and if you're going up against armies, yeah, that's you, you might as well you let your it. apothecary have a win and yeah. say, you know what, I've kind of been a debuffer and a support character this whole time. It's time to do some damage. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's don't, time to kill. don't worry about this. I can take I can take care of these unorganized <laughs> foolish boys. <laughs> what are you gonna do? I have a needle. <laughs> What's in the needle, Frederick? It's better if you don't know. <laughs> just stay away from it. Just kind of <laughs> loads it into his little mechanical arm and then just... Yep. You don't look so good. <laughs> what do you... What, what do you mean? <laughs> oh, I don't feel good. <laughs> Starts dropping dead. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's a significant amount of damage yeah. each round, too. Uh, but again, uh, how many... I wasn't going to say because it's... Oh, okay, it's, all right, yeah, yeah, I don't know exactly the rules on third-party content, so I'm going to... So, yeah, that's that's my ninth-level pick. It's, the spell is called Pandemic, and it's in uh, Sebastian Crow's Guide to Drakenheim, uh, which you can pick up on Ghostfire Games. They are not a sponsor, but... We would like them. <laughs> but, but I really like their stuff. Nice. I like it. Well, you you touched on two of mine already. Uh, <laughs> two of them? Yeah. Uh, well, technically three, because uh, we we called Wish the. Uh, yeah, it's kind of the penultimate the dimensional, <laughs> or they're, they're not the penultimate. It's the ultimate ninth, ninth level. level. Yeah. Um, but you you said true poly- polymorph and shape change. I didn't uh, say shape change. You you mentioned it. You didn't. Like it's not, it wasn't one of your list, but it was mentioned. I said um, any spell that lets you permanently turn into a dragon. Yes, but you mentioned shape change by name. Uh, but yeah, so both both of those were on my list because I love transformation spells. They're so much fun. But I won't get into them because we kind of already did. But my only other one that I had on my list was time stop. Hmm. Because I saw it done in Dragon, or, uh, I saw it done in Dungeons and Dragons: Honor Among Thieves, mm-hmm. and I just thought it was fun. And then the uh, the fact that Simon was able to counterspell it at the end mm-hmm. that was so cool. Um, but yeah, just being able to like stop time and like trap people in a uh, bubble of you know, time stop. <laughs> stop time. 
Yeah. You know, I mean, timing stop of time. Time top time, time stop top top. Yeah. See, I figured you would have had something like time ravage or like power would kill <laughs> or meteor swarm if we want like the meteor swarm one of the largest that could also take out an army that's true i've seen that one done yeah that one's that one's killer that one's <laughs> that one's pretty brutal yeah. i was on the receiving end of a meteor swarm Ooh. luckily i was right outside of the yeah. of the target <laughs> it, it's crazy too when you see it done he couldn't find me inside because you can't just get away from that that's 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 kill that's that's power <laughs> meteor kill where are you going <laughs> hi sir <laughs> yeah that yeah i i would say that's another one i would put on my list then meteor swarm, meteor swarm is definitely yeah crazy. i mean there there were all there's not as many ninth level spells as there are of all the other levels, because once you're that powerful of a spellcaster, like you know, there's not been that many people who have made ninth level spells, you yeah. know, because each spell has to have been created canonically by another spellcaster. Right. Yeah. So at this point, mainly what you're doing is just copying somebody else's magic that they've already come up with. Mm -hmm. And there have not been a whole lot of spellcasters of that caliber who can even come up with a ninth level spell. Yeah. And so the the list is a lot shorter. But man, are they good. <laughs> man, are not, they good. And not only that, but even at 20th level, you only get what? One to two ninth level spells. And I think only one spell slot. Yeah. If I'm not mistaken. Let me double check. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like the spell slots is what I mean. I think nah, not that one. It's either one or two. And it's like, so you can't even pick that many. Mm -hmm. So the list is very, very, very short. <laughs> well, if you're a wizard, you get more because I think you get access. I think the warlock gets the most because I think you get them at 17th level. Yeah. So you would, as a wizard, you would gain access to ninth level spells at 17th level. Mm -hmm. And then each time you level up as a wizard, you get to add two spells to your spell book. So you would get to add eight ninth level spells if you only decided to choose ninth level spells. Right. Yeah. So. But why would you do that? Yeah. But even at 20th level, you only have one slot. Yeah. Which I think is ridiculous. Yeah. Like, yes, they're very powerful, but like, what if it's dispelled? What if it's yeah counterspelled? What if you know, like, you'd have a hard time counterspelling. I've seen it done though. A player <clears throat> character, a, a low level yeah player character, dispelled a ninth level spell. Yeah, I'm not saying it's impossible, <laughs> but. You have to. It's hard. You but... have to either burn a ninth level spell slot using counter spell, or roll really well. Yeah. <laughs> it was. A, I believe it was a natural twenty, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. I mean that would <laughs> that would do it. But yeah, it's 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 crazy. Overbongos. <laughs> if you're a player character and you're somebody's casting a ninth level spell at you, you'd better hope you're high enough level to. Yeah either survive it i think they were only like ninth level to begin with like wow yeah 
it was early on in the campaign. Like it was, I think it was about halfway through the campaign. That means so they were only casting fifth level spells at that point. Yeah. <laughs> Man. Yeah, that's, that's rough. That's rough, buddy. That's rough. <laughs> but yeah, so it's, it's a lot. But yeah, so that's, that's my list. That's a good one. It's a good one. Yeah. I like it. I like it. I like it a lot. But yeah, so if, if you guys have any uh, to add to that or any third party ones that we we uh, missed, that'd be that'd be fun to hear from you guys. Yeah, I mean, I have way more third party <laughs> spell. Like if I, we we could do this whole series just on third party content, based on the fact that like so deep magic, right? Uh, I think base game there's only like 600 or so spells Mm -hmm. in like published by wizards of the coast if you add it it should tell you like if you go to it's down there at the bottom yeah 520 yeah so there's like 520 canonical wizards of the coast published spells deep magic has over 700 spells in it oh geez and they have spells of each level, starting all the way down at cantrips to ninth level. Yeah. So, like, if you I really start... you got to read that, man. <laughs> oh, there's some good ones in there, like Bitter Chains and Hellfire Blitz. And, and uh, um, God, there was the one... Uh, I sent it to you the other day where it was, like, the Displaced Attack or whatever. Oh, yeah. Where, where like, somebody's trying to stab you, and you just open a portal where their their weapon goes in and then you open the other side somewhere else and you mm-hmm. can even make it stab the attacker and it's just like <laughs> oh that's dirty i like it like, yeah. or or the the whole section on chaos magic where you cause their armor or their weapons to rebel against them and start like pushing back on what they're trying to do like deep magic in itself more than doubles the amount of spells in the base game yeah. And then you start adding stuff like, okay, well, I'm going to go buy Grim Hollow and I'm going to go buy Drakenheim and I'm going to go buy, you know, these different little things on uh, the DMs Guild and, and all these different third party publishers. And they're Cobalt Press is about to come out with another like Deep Magic 2. Mm-hmm. I don't know how many are going to be in that. And how have they come up with that many? Because they're amazing. <laughs> Ridiculous. <laughs> they're amazing. <laughs> But like the you you can you can do an entire series of cantrip through ninth level spells just on the deep magic book. Yeah. And and, you know, on on the previous episodes, I did do quite a bit from those. But there is more that I know of that. I'm like, yes, I'll (laughs) do one on that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I definitely need to up my game on on reading those because. man. I, uh, I'm only I'm only working off of the the spells app that we, that yeah. we use. I allow <laughs> those spells in my games. Yeah. So you being a player at my table have access to the spells from Guide to Dragonheim. You have access to the spells from Deep Magic. Like, yeah. ask me and I'll let you borrow the book. <laughs> <laughs> I've been meaning to. Yeah. <laughs> but I haven't even read like. The ones that you've already let me borrow. So I'm like, there's a Ugh. there's a stack of my books behind him that he just pointed at. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep. All right. Well, that will end our series on the spells, uh, at least for now. 
Um, but thank you guys, thank you guys so much for listening to Critical Friendship. If you have any questions concerning anything we discussed today, you can email us at criticalfriendshippodcast at gmail.com or comment on our Instagram at criticalfriendshippodcast. And we'll try to answer as many as we can on our next episode. Join us next time where Dan will be attempting to guess the rules of my old childhood game, Hide from Cars. Hint, it has something to do with cars and hiding. But as for now, ah, dang it, I rolled in that one on giving the outro. <laughs> this is the sound of Taz walking. Thank <laughs> you.